What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. Back with your host, yours truly, Olin, aka MMA Anomaly, and my regular co-host here. I got the finger pointing direction right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We got Jive Turkey Nano in the house. What's up, Nano? What's up, Olin? What's up, everybody? How we doing? Feeling good today. Let's go. Let's go. So, in this episode, we are going to be talking about a couple of different things here. We're going to be talking about kind of recapping UFC 287, which, man, one hell of a card. And then after that, we are going to be talking about the upcoming card, UFC on Vegas 44, uh, or is it UFC Kansas City, or is it UFC Holloway versus Arnold Allen, whatever the kids are calling it. And what is up, JJ Smoke? Welcome back to another episode, my friend. Love to see you. Um, as always. Let's go. Can't wait. So, again, let, let's go ahead and jump right into UFC 287. I, I called it. I, I said that Adesanya was going to have to come out there and pressure his opponent. He was going to have to really put it on Pereira and not really take a back step. Um, he, so I was right and wrong. He did take a back step, but he took a back step with reason. He took a back step to play possum and and really catch his opponent off guard. And my goodness, it was beautiful. Lord, just a quick one two. The the, the right came reaction. so fast. Oh man, everything about it. Right, we've been talking about it. it was a movie. It almost went into slow motion. I'm like seeing it at like 0.75 speed. It's like oh, it's happening. It's happening. We've seen this. Oh, and it happened. Chef's kiss. Shout out Izzy, man. Everything about it, even the post-fight speech, you got to love everything about Saturday night. Fireworks was the word I had for to describe the card. Absolute, absolute fireworks. Um, and, you know, before that, we had Gilbert Burns, again, just like I assumed would happen, putting on a masterclass over Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I mean, if, if you look at the total strikes, it could be deceiving, right? Um Gilbert Burns landed 72. Jorge Masvidal landed 77. Significant strikes were 42 to 39 in favor of Gilbert Burns. But then we look at takedowns, and we got four of six versus zero of zero. Again, the differential was the fact that it's a mixed martial arts fight, not a stand-up kickboxing fight. If it had been, maybe Jorge would have had a, a much better chance to win that fight, but it went exactly as I assumed it was going to go. Um, fucking JJ. Good lord! <laughs> smoke already. He's fucking this guy, oh, dude. Man. This yeah, guy. Yeah, he kept the receipts. He, he couldn't even. He couldn't even let me get my th- through my train of thought here, man. Um, he said Yanez was overhyped, and look what happened. S M H, uh, which means shake my head. Um, for for all, for all you old people like me out there, man. Good lord! Both of the both of the Jorge Masvidal's lost on Saturday night. Uh, oh, the, the current yeah, one and the one that looks like he jumped in a time machine, that youngin. <laughs> and the mini-me version. The mini-me uh, version. Dude. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the hitter, man. Not all strikes are created equal. I think we need to remember that here in the fight game. You know, stats aside, what Gilbert was hitting Jorge with was hurting him. I don't care how much you say bring it on. Those hurt. Those are way in more. Hell of a poker face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's game-bred for a reason. The dude's is a G. I was hoping to see a little bit more from him, whether it was just coming out the gate a little more fiery, talks about violence, talks his mean game. I was just hoping to see more. I think he kind of conceded after a while once he realized, hey, can't can't keep up with the speed. He's not giving me a lot of holes here, or not giving me you know areas to capitalize. Gilbert's a stud. We all knew this. 
And now I'm really excited. I'm actually really glad he put his foot down. I was like, yo, give me a shot or let me go. You don't hear that a lot. And you really don't. Right Not out. often enough. Oh, message received. Okay, you got it. Sounds good. Sometimes you just got to ask for what you want, right? <laughs> I don't love that he has to be the backup fighter. I hope that doesn't become a new trend where people are like, yeah, I was, I'm going to be a backup fighter. And then like, you know, 10 years from now, we're like, do you remember Alex Morono? He was the greatest backup fighter of all time. That guy was the backup fighter eight times. Never once got a title shot. Wow. (laughs) Like what a a career. What a stud. What a stud that Alex Morono backup fighter. One of the greatest to ever do it. Um, Like (laughs) I don't want to see backup fighters become a trend. I don't want that to be the new norm, right? I mean, I guess if Kobe does it now, people are just assuming that's the path. Not always, right? It shouldn't be. Like, it shouldn't even be the path for Kobe. What are we talking about? What are we doing here? That's facts. There's a little DWP going on there. A little Dana White privilege for sure. Dana but- White privilege. <laughs> DWP. Oh, I like the shorthand of it, baby. Love <laughs> that. Shorthand. SMH. FML because we lost again. Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been, it's been bad. JJ Smoke. You're right, brother. You're right. We underestimated the power of the jab. I mean, that's probably boxing 101. We should have called that out. And I thought Giannis, I mean, we knew he could get hit. I thought the defense would be a little bit better than that. But, man, the way Font was landing those, I mean, just uh, there was one sequence. He hit him with a double jab and then the right hand. But before he even got to the right hand, those jabs already had Giannis done, right? Man. So, okay. Question for for both Emiliano here and JJ Smoke uh, and, and whoever else is in the chat here. Is it a tale of Adrian Yanez being overrated or is it a tale of Rob Font possibly being that guy? I, well, I guess I'll give the floor since I have the mic in my hand here. I think it's a combination of both, right? Like I said, one of the things I was looking into this fight prior and I picked Yanez to win, but my thought was, okay, he can do enough defensively, even though he gets hit, he can do enough with his boxing pedigree to slip, get the jabs going, you know, respond accordingly. But that was not the case. I mean, again, you see, maybe he underestimated Font, and or maybe he respected him too much and not preparing enough for that, not having an answer. He did get pissed off at his corner afterwards. I'm curious what that was about. Maybe there was a, a game plan issue, or maybe he was just pissed off. I probably would be too if I just got my... My bell rung like that. Um, we got to respect Font. We were sitting here talking about he needs to be in the PFL. The man's still a top five contender. <laughs> he absolutely earned it. And I think the time away helped him out a lot, even though he is getting up in age. Hey, the new 35 is like the new 30 nowadays. At least in the UFC game, we're seeing a lot of these guys. They start. They look good. You know, they get enough time off. They get a good game plan. And again, you got a good jab, and you're going up against someone that has a weak defensive background. I guess that's what happens. So I think it's a little bit of both. That was a long-winded way of me saying that. <laughs> I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think it is a bit of both, right? Like, I, I don't think that Yanez is overhyped. I got to disagree with you, JJ Smoke. Sorry. Uh, but I do think that maybe he's getting pushed a little bit too far too fast. To go from somebody like a Tony Kelly to a Rob Font is a very big jump. Um, and... I mean, he essentially did that, right? Like this, this kid is very young in his career. He's still very, very good. Yeah. And 
I don't think that that's the end of him, right? Like the guy has a, a split decision win over Davy Grant, who I think could could still be a future champion. So I don't think he's overhyped. I just think he met his match in somebody in Rob Font, and it was uh, it was truly a Superman and Kryptonite matchup. Um, we've seen him struggle with somebody with a very crisp jab in the past, and Rob Font has arguably one of the best jabs in the division for sure, maybe even in the UFC. Um, that was on display. That's for sure. Yeah, he put he, he put on a show with that jab. Yeah, turn that tape on. How do you make a case against him, man? So good. Um, and then, like you said, oh yeah, let's let's read this here. I just, I just want to see here. Let's let's see what JJ said. So both since Font is a really good fighter, he was pretty much winning the whole Cheeto fight. But Cheeto stole the rounds with the knockdowns, and Yanez is overrated. He's very hittable. Extremely, man. Yeah, he he does he does leave himself extremely hittable. He throws shots and leaves his head on the center line, which is something that is is a big no no in kickboxing and and MMA in general. Um, and yeah. Font knocked out Yanez faster than he knocked out Marias. The way he did it, too. That's I tough. Mean, have you ever seen someone grab the opponent by the neck and then jam a fist right on their chin? I was like, Not since Don wow. Fry fought. <laughs> Come here, boy. I mean, jeez, man. A clinic. That thing was crazy. It was nasty. It is from that jab, right? I mean, it's a stiff jab. I guess natural reaction. I'm going to grab onto something. Yeah. I know where to drive home now. Boom. Pen meets the paper. Oh, that was nasty. That was a nasty knockout. It, it was absolutely nasty. But and, what's and is that's what Giannis has been doing to everyone else. Like you can make a case. Was he overhyped? I mean, if you t- put on the tape, dude's putting people to sleep. He's putting people out. I mean, the way he was doing it, I think, was what really captured us as the UFC fans, as the audience, and and he's earned the respect of his peers. I agree. Hundred percent. I think he's still one fight away from beating someone, uh, you know, in front of him. Or someone in his range, if it's another impressive win, he's right back in the conversation. No doubt about it. I think he could still be that guy. Yeah. Um, he's just very young in his career, and uh, I look forward to seeing what's next for him after this loss. Um, now, too, huh? Where, where does that leave him? There's only so dude. many people at the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, who else does Font fight? <laughs> That's. I mean, Sugar was talking about it. That I mean, he's there. That'd be a fun they, fight. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at Sugar versus Rob Font. I think that'd be a very fun fight. Um, and a winnable fight for either guy, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. That is a that is a fan friendly fight right there. In terms, <laughs> 100%. Of the, in terms of their styles, what we just saw from Rob, he's hungry. I mean, you gotta put him up against someone in front of him now, right? He's earned that. He was willing to go down. Okay, who's in front? That is a short list. Peter, Sugar. I mean, Corey just came off a win, but he called out Marab. I mean, there's anyone that division stacked. I love that division. Right? Yeah. Mix them up. Anyone throw them in a bag and I'll be cool with the results. <laughs> Mix them up, throw them in a bag. Everybody wins. Oh yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I, I think that's a, it's a fantastic fight. And uh, yeah, I mean that whole top five is just so stacked. So if Sean is willing to, to entertain that smoke, uh, I, I say, let's give it to him. Um, it. And speaking of smoke, Kevin Holland, can you please, 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 Please stay at welterweight. Oh, man. I think it, he needs to be a little hungry, right? If he stays hungry like that. He oh, my know. God, brother. He it looked like a David and Goliath fight from the UFC of old. He like Ponzinibbio typically looks large compared to his opponents. Ponzinibbio looked like a little boy. Yeah. He looked like a small man in there. Yeah. And dude, it's wild how much Kevin dwarfed him. And I mean, come on. Like. He Kevin landed 67 strikes and 66 of them were significant. 
the, the man quick. they were lightning oh fast. i think that's God. where santiago realized like oh boy like i don't even see these things yeah. coming he dropped them i think he went to grab onto a leg did the same thing uh bull craig did and he got hit bull with like, craig. fainting left dropped him oh here we go jj <laughs> holland is a bum he said Oh my <laughs> gosh! Hey man, those are strong words, JJ. <laughs> those are those are extremely strong words, JJ. Smoke. Um, I love man. <sighs> that's tough. Let's let's hear more about that. But I, yeah, I, I'd love gotta, to hear you why give, you feel that way. You got to give the man his flowers, man. He put a whooping on Santiago, made himself known here at 170, and his post fight conference. I mean, I didn't hear the. I didn't hear the all of his post-fight conference, but he made it sound like he's he's willing to stay, right? I mean, hey, I'll diet, I'll do what I need to do, get into shape, and beat up these little guys down here, huh? I think that's the move for him. Man, dude. <laughs> well, when you're 6'3", and you already have you know at least five to six inches of reach on anyone you're in there with, obviously we've seen he could get out-wrestled. That's, that's no secret. Yeah. There are some good wrestlers in that division. But, man, I mean, use that weight. Use the training. I mean, and, and use those damn hands, man. He is so quick when he starts throwing them. He's, he's so quick. Too. Yeah, it's- he's so quick. Um, And, and the, the thing about Kevin Holland is, he, in my opinion, he's incredibly impressive. And, no, he doesn't win every single fight that he has at welterweight, right? Like, he had that fight at welterweight against Stephen Thompson just before this one. And he, he ended up ultimately losing, right? Held his own. Against, but held his uh, own. One of the best strikers ever. I mean, against one of the best strikers ever. Like, um, and he landed a couple of takedowns on him. He, realistically, if he had better fight IQ and and a, a little bit better grappling in general, he probably could have ended up getting the win over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Because again, he he got two of six takedowns on him. If he really was a little bit more relentless with those and the control was there, could have been a bad night for for Wonderboy Thompson. Um a fight that a fight that competitive with Pons is embarrassing. Whoa. I mean, I mean Pons that's is a guy. Pons is a guy. Pons is a guy, dude. Pons <laughs> like beat the Pons beat the the greatest um the the greatest stand-in fighter of all time, Alex Morono. <laughs> I mean, look at the resume. My guy. The greatest the greatest backup fighter of all time 10 years from now, Alex Morono. Talking greats now. I mean, he got beat. He got beat by Alex. I mean, by uh, by Santiago Ponzinibbio, the Argentine Dagger, arguably one of the worst nicknames. Um, it's up there. I mean, he did lose to Michelle Paeda, but his other losses are literally to Jeff Neal and Jing Liang. Like those aren't those aren't terrible losses. And he lost to Lorenz Larkin back in 2015, but like that was a very young Lorenz Larkin with a lot of knockout power. Um, and what do you know? Lorenz Larkin knocked him out. So that's fair. I mean, now look at now that I'm looking at Santiago's previous losses. Uh, uh, Jing Ling, Jing Ling, Lee is in there. Jing Ling, the uh, Leech, Neil, Michael Pereira. Who's like you can't five. you can't be mad at a loss to to Jing Liang, the, the guy. The guy literally, he's a beast, in my opinion. I just think he's been done dirty. Like the loss to D-Rod wasn't a loss. Um, But anyways, I digress. It's starting to feel, yeah, now that I'm starting, it 
Santiago might be one of those. I, I hate the word gatekeeper, but he might be in maybe more of that realm. This might have been kind of an upcoming out, out party for Kevin Holland. And the way he beat him, I mean, very impressive. Uh, when you yeah. look at the top 15, obviously, again, he faced off against Wonder Boy. Maybe you don't shoot him all the way up there, but man, anyone below Stevens, seven. So below that, you got Joff, Neal, Sean Brady, Luke, Magni, Chiesa, Jack Della, Madalena. That'd be a fun striking match. That'd I mean, be a hey, fun one. Simon That'd be a Brady, really guys, fun let's one. See, let's see what this bum's all about, right, JJ? <laughs> let's see what he's got. Let's see what this bum's got. Put him in there. See what this bum's got. Um, I, I personally think that I, I think Kevin Holland's a beast. And I think that if he's dedicated and and has a dedicated fight camp and stays at 170, the guy's a real problem for a lot of people in the top 10. Um, who do I think he should fight next? Realistically, I'd love to see him fight somebody like a Sean Brady. Um, maybe even a Jeff Neal who's coming off of a loss himself. And he's, he's ranked one underneath Steven Thompson, who Kevin Holland had a competitive fight with. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'd like to see personally. Is there anybody that you'd specifically like to see him fight? I'm going to look real quick if this guy has any dance partners coming up, but a Vicente Luque seems really fun. He's a guy that... Vicente Luque is a, is a guy. He's a good guy. He's a good. He's a great guy, man. He is coming off a couple losses, unfortunately. How, you know, oh, no. Sean Brady would sub Holland in round one. LMAO. Holland's wrestling is trash. Uh, that's a direct quote from J.J. Smoke. Not me. Uh, it's I, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little trashy. I disagree. I disagree. He was caught off guard in that catchweight fight against Kamzat Shemaev. And I, trash against Kamzat, let's and I thought he did really well. Uh, I mean that fight with the way that Hamzat faked the glove touch and shot in on him would have lasted way less than two minutes against anybody else. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think Kevin's, uh, a little bit better than you're giving him credit for here, JJ Smoke. And uh, moving into the next fight, we had a real hype train getting derailed, which, again, don't want to be a dick. Don't want to say I told you so. Run, run the clicker. I mean, run the clip, guys. I I, uh, I called that one, too. You did, you did tell us so. I did <laughs> try to tell you guys. I kind of I kind of tried to tell you guys. Um, Christian Rodriguez, Raul Rosas Jr., Christian Rodriguez uh, not only beat him, he beat him pretty handily. So uh, I'm going to read these stats out loud to you guys, and I don't know if you're even going to believe me. You're probably going to think I'm making this shit up. Raul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. Total strikes, 83 to 2. 2. 83 to 2. Two whole strikes. Raul Rosas Jr. threw two strikes. In 15 minutes of fighting. Um, What's bad is that's kind of how it felt, right? Like, if, if I'm thinking about the fight, it was extremely one-sided. It was a little 18-year-old boy blowing his load way too quick and then realizing, oh, this is a man. He ain't going nowhere. I just signed up for a bad 15-minute <laughs> butt-whooping. <laughs> I literally was watching that fight, and I was like, well, look at this. He's he's going he's really he's really going for it he's going for that he's sub it's, and, and and Mary looks over and she's like ah is it in and I'm like I mean it's in but he's not gonna finish it and she's like why not and, he, and he's like super good I'm like it's like yeah he's super good but 
this guy like C Rod's also really good too, right? Like Christian Rodriguez is really good. He's a, a potential future title contender. He's very young in his career at 25 years of age. And he's taken uh, the the slow burn, right? He's not getting rushed into things the way that this young man is, Raul Rosas Jr. And he's smart. He trains with killers. He he doesn't have his mom bringing him to practice. He drives himself every day. Um, like he's a grown man doing grown man things and, and attending training like a grown man would. So that being said, I knew that this was going to play out that way. Like he was, he was very calm. Dude, he was so stoic. He was calm. He didn't tense up whenever he was getting subbed or like Raul Rosas thought he had him. And I was like, Oh man, with all the, all the pulling he's doing, he's going to burn out at least one of his arms. And I'm pretty sure he has a body triangle on him for like half the round. He's going to end up burning out his legs if he doesn't get anything here because he's trying to squeeze very tight. Um, so, I mean, wh- what ended up happening, right? Like he burned himself out. Like you said, he blew his load a little bit too early. Oh, yeah. And uh, Christian Rodriguez, man, 83 to two in total strikes. And And here's the crazy thing. You want to talk about like the guy that won? Three for 16 on takedown attempts for Raul Rosas Jr. What was Christian Rodriguez's? Oh, he was one for one. Like, come on. Oh, there he is. The guy. <clears throat> Let's go, baby. That's the homie right there. He can only count to nine, though. It's a shame. But we still love him. We still love him. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you in the chat, brother. Uh, so... Again, Christian Rodriguez, C-Rod. I knew he was going to derail the hype train. And without further ado, that brings us into the the main topic, the main reason we're here, this upcoming fight card. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a crazy one, guys. I heard people say, oh, look at that. It's all I need, bro. It's true. All he needs is to count to nine because, you know, those are the best numbers, one through nine. Um so again, moving into this next fight card. Let's go. <sighs> moving on forward. UFC Kansas City, UFC on ESPN 44, UFC Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, aka a tale of a two-sided sword, right? Max Holloway could either come out here and and do the thing, right? He could come out here and do the thing that he always does. Tale as old as time. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about Beauty and the Beast here. I'm talking about a tale of folks, myself included, thinking that maybe, just maybe, Max Holloway is being fed to the up-and-comer like a sacrificial lamb, only to realize that Max is going to teach this young man a lesson about the game of mixed martial arts. Or, on the other side of that sword, this could be the last time that we see Max Holloway and the major end of an era Uh major end of an era moment here. Like realistically, it, it could go two entirely different ways. How do you see this one go? Man. That's why I love this game. You just never know, right? It's a it's a tale as old as time. Right? And it is. The reality is, hey, my boy, Max, too blessed to be stressed. Holloway is getting backed in the octagon after what felt like over the last few years, it just, 
he's fought other people, but it's just really felt like this Volk Volkanovsky chapter, right? Max Volk. It's all I've been thinking about. That's all I can envision in my head. I mean, if you think about it, we have basically a full movie length film worth of fight time between those two individuals <laughs> within like a two or three year time span. Uh, but man, within that time frame, Max still was able to go around, go outside of that trilogy, go and beat a top contender in Calvin Cater, which if you have not seen that fight, y'all, please go do yourself a favor. Go watch Max Holloway put a clinic, put a beating on Calvin Cater, who at the time was one of the top contenders in the division. Max put him away, put on the performance of his lifetime, has one of the most one of the most famous, one of the most badass moments in the octagon, saying he's the best boxer, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, bloodied face, still dodging punches, not even looking at Calvin, hitting him. It was the coolest thing I've ever freaking seen in my life. <laughs> to follow that up, right after that Calvin Cater match, to go and beat the current champion, Yair Rodriguez, a fun 25-minute striking bout. Max, man, he, he's a legend, right? We, we've seen him. We've all grown up with him in the game. He's been fighting the UFC since 2012. It's crazy to think he's only 31 years old. We're talking about a turning of the tide. We see this all the time. I don't know if I fully believe that it, the tide is changing. Or at least I don't know if Arnold Allen's the, the guy to do it. I think I'm just going to take Volk out of the picture here. Dude's pound for pound, one of the greatest ever. He's in a class of his own. We need to just separate Volk just all entirely here and just look at Max for what he's done, the body of work, his strike and pedigree. Again, he's a legend, man. He's beat the who's who's. And within that 10 years of fighting here, well, 10 plus years fighting in the UFC, I'm actually rocking the shirt of uh, the first person he ever lost to. Twice. Let's go. I was going to ask if you do, Olin, but I figured you'd remember. <laughs> Let's go. The guy to serve him his first loss, man. But we're going to come back full circle. Again, not to get too, too sidetracked. Max, in terms of his fight skills, in terms of his ability to put on a pace, terms of his ability to find the angles and 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 just has that championship heart i do think that will be the difference here in this fight would love to hear more about this this kid man this this strong talented freaking prospect in arnold allen 10 and 0 in the ufc 29 years young that knockout he had on dan hooker was so impressive the sky's the limit for him seeing videos of him training with leon edwards out there in the uk I think his superpower is his confidence and him being undefeated, him maybe going in thinking, I can't lose. In the UFC, I am the guy. I have this momentum. I, I think that's what he has to carry into here to hopefully get through a legend, the ultimate guy at 145, man, the ultimate featherweight. It's going to be tough. I, I don't know if I fully agree that it's a turning of the tide. Had to acknowledge, man, Max is a legend. We haven't seen him in a while. So all I think about is that Volkanovski trilogy, but hey, let's separate that. And let's just remind ourselves this dude's too blessed to be stressed. He's been living the good life, hanging loose out there in the islands. Brother's ready. I think he's ready, man. He's he's coming out for revenge, man. I think he's, I don't know. I think he's going to win, personally. I think, the like I said, the championship round experience, I think it's going to be the difference here. But talk to me, brother. I, I, I know you're itching. I see you. I'm, I'm itching, man. I'm itching. I'm itching here. Um, you know what? We're we're gonna go a little bit out of order here. I think we should just jump right into the kind of okay parlay because let's let's be go. completely honest here. 
we all know where I'm going with this. This leads into my pick for the kind of okay parlay. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into that. MMA Anomaly proudly presents... All right, ladies and gentlemen. So the kind of okay parlay is Azamat Mirzakhanov, which I'm convinced Jalen only picked, aka Asa Akiro only picked, uh, so that I would have to say that name out loud um, and probably butcher it. And of course, my pick, Arnold Allen, plus 155 money line to beat Max the Legend Holloway. And then we got the one, the only Nano Jive Turkeys pick here, Chris Gutierrez. El Guapo El to get Guapo. it done. Let's go. Mr. Minus 215. Uh, speaking of which, 1-5, we got the wager amount. 15 bucks to get you a whopping 137.29, guys. This is the week we turn it all around. I can feel it in my loins. It is going down, or rather it's going up. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into my pick here. Let's go ahead and cue it up here. Let's get let's get some, some intense music. Boom. So I'm picking Arnold Allen. Okay, the man gets it done. Why? Because I don't know if you've seen his dad. His dad, Pacer Allen, has done so much steroids that they have transferred into Arnold Allen's body naturally. Okay? And that's why he can't get caught by USADA. He's naturally roided up. He's roided to the gills. But he's never taken a steroid in his life. He's a walking anomaly, just like this show. The MMA anomaly show, no filter, guys. That's why I had to bet on him, okay? And and not only that, but I also think that he's one of the most underrated fighters in that weight class. The man drives like three, four hours to his gym. And then on the way back, he showers at a truck stop. And then he stops at the Tesco, this gas station there, and gets the meal deal for like three bucks. I've heard him talk about this damn meal deal so much on the Helwani show. I need to get me one of the meal deals after he gets the win over Max Holloway on Saturday. And, you know, I I think he's going to get it done handily. I think he's going to go out there and overwhelm Max Holloway in a very similar way that he did to Dan Hooker. Now, I know what you're thinking. Can he truly overwhelm Max Holloway the way that he did Dan Hooker? We're talking about two completely different calibers of fighters here. And you're right. We are. But speaking of different caliber of fighters, look at Arnold Allen. He is the next caliber of fighter. And I think that he's the man to to not only dethrone Alexander Volkanovsky in the future, but if Uriah gets through Volko, I'll be damned if I don't think he's the one that's going to beat Uriah. So that's my thought. That's my opinion. And and we're going to jump right into Nano's pick. For his part of the parlay here, let's hear about Chris El Guapo Gutierrez, Nano. Oh my gosh, I am dying. I just need a second to regather myself. That was a powerful message. Powerful, powerful message by my boy Olin here. I'm reconsidering things, but hey, 
If you're that passionate about your loins, who am I to disagree, brother? <laughs> Take it down a notch here. <laughs> Arnold Allen is a guy. <laughs> He's a guy, and I said it. <laughs> Arnold Allen is a guy with two first names. I mean, hard to argue. Oh, my gosh. Okay, moving forward. Thank you, Olin. That was a great segue. Pedro Munoz versus Chris El Guapo Gutierrez. It's a no-brainer. Come on, we'll be talking about here, right? Let me set it up. Let me tell you why I think Pedro's going to lose, okay? 36-year-old man. He's the more senior fighter. With way more miles. I'm talking like Vanessa Carlton, like a 1,000 more miles than our boy Chris El Guapo. And in the last four years, this guy Pedro, here's some of the guys he's lost to. Now, they're big names, but these are all losses, okay? He's lost to Aljamain Sterling. He's lost to Frankie Edgar, which was a split decision, so maybe there's some debate there. I'm no judge. Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz. There's a lot of people to lose to, right? Some of them, you know, are aging. Some of them are still relevant. At least Aljo is. Uh, but, man... And this isn't even mentioning the no contest against Sugar Sean O'Malley, one of my boys. Uh, although you can make an argument that was he winning, was he not? That's just a wash. Regardless, Pedro does not have any momentum going into this fight. I do think that when you go up against such elite talent for so long, it, it's going to come back to get you, right? You can only wear so many miles. You can only get hit on the chin so many times. Father Time is undefeated. We know this, right? Which brings me to my boy. El Guapo, Chris Gutierrez. This guy's a stud, right? Obviously, it's nice to look at. But aside from that, because if you don't know, El Guapo means good looking, means sexy in Spanish. Dude's a stud. 31 years old, and he's been slowly climbing, making that ascension in the stack division, I might add. But Guapo, he has that two inch reach advantage. He's going to be faster on his feet. He's going to be fainting more. He's going to be more busy. And I do think, well, he is the more accurate fight, uh, striker and landing 60% of his significant strikes per minute. I think that's going to be the difference here. As Israel Adonisanya said, he's not just going to spray and pray. He's going to aim and fire. And I think that's going to be the difference here. Chris Guapo is going to be too swift, too quick. He's going to be lying on his feet, jazz toes out there. And, and, and frankly, I think that's going to be his path to victory. I think he's going to be demanding the center of the octagon. I think he's going to use his fundamental skills, his boxing, his leg kicks, his ability to just really outpower, outman the smaller and older guy here in Pedro. Hey, man, Guapo, this is it for him. This is a big test. He's going up against a high-ranked guy. Can he take that ninth spot and make a title run? Tune in this Saturday to find out more. Back to you, Owen, in the studio. You love to see it. You love to hear it. Hard to follow that up, brother. I didn't even set a chance, man. Dude, dude, I'll let you go. I'll let you go first next time. Um, and you know, speak, speaking of going first, man, it was hard not to cut you off because we actually have a little bit of breaking news here. Um, it's actually really underwhelming news. Cynthia Covilo got cut. Wop wop Um, thank you for breaking that news. Tico Tech LLC, aka I can only count to nine. Uh, Drew, just in case you didn't know who was saying what up, Drew. Um, that's I can only count to nine from the chat. Um, so 
Is Man, it, is it that? Let's see. Let's see what Drew said. I was high on Calvillo. Sorry, what's that? I was just saying, is it that? Is that happen often to get cut like right after your fight? <laughs> it's brutal. It's pretty tough. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we know you just lost and you only got half a paycheck, but hey, that's also the last paycheck you're gonna get from the company. Great doing business with you. Have a good one. Great, great luck. Um, so Drew said here, I was high on Calvillo when she first started. Is she still at Alpha Male? She is still at Alpha Male, to my knowledge. Um, I don't think it's so much an alpha male issue because they have produced really good talent, really top tier talent. But as Tico Tech said, that was her fifth loss in a row. And I think it's more of a her issue. Um, oh yeah, it's alpha person gym now. Alpha people, team alpha people. Um, I think that's a real thing. I think they actually did change their name. So that way it's not sexist or whatever, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I think... It's just a her issue. I don't think it's a, a team issue. Like we have people like Song Yadong uh, that came out of Team Alpha Male that are doing really well. We also have uh, Yan Zhaonan who's doing really well from Team Alpha person. Um, and, uh, you, you know, we got to jump into the last pick for the kind of okay parlay here. He's not here to represent himself. So we got to break it down. Um, his pick is a guy his pick is it, it's another it's another guy okay he picked Azmat Mirzakhanov which is a fun name to say uh he's going in against Dustin Jacoby and uh it's a tough fight it is a tough fight do you want to leave this one out I can set the tone I can set the tone yeah Here. hey we got we got uh, our boy Dustin Jacoby okay who I consider a boomerang here to the UFC right Obviously, if y'all know boomerangs, maybe we're all not familiar with that. I'm not Australian, but know the concept. Boomerang back. He fought in the UFC back in 2011, left to go fight in other organizations, uh, and then he came back to the Contender Series in 2020. So about nine years away. But let's not assume he was, you know, eating pancakes and binge watching Netflix during that time. He was still fighting. He was still going up against elite talent. One of those people in particular, he had a kickboxing bout in glory in 2014 against someone that just fought last Saturday. I don't know. Maybe you know him. Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira. Man. So this guy's been fighting high caliber fighters, right? Let's let's acknowledge that. And since he's been back in the UFC, dude's been on a heater. I mean, we're talking an eight-fight win streak. He does have one draw against Ian Kutalaba, who's just an absolute menace to fight. Guy's the last dude I want to be stuck in a phone booth with. Uh, phone booth with. Uh, anyways, though. Dustin lost some steam after that last split decision loss against Khalil Roundtree. Some people thought he might have won it. Regardless, a loss is a loss. But he did display some high-level kickboxing skills. Great boxer. Fundamentally sound. However, we got our boy, Azamat Mirzakhanov. Okay? Our, let me just say, I mean, I should have just led with this. We have a undefeated Russian fighter. What more do I need to say? I mean, will you get a bet against an undefeated Russian fighter? I think so. I don't think so. Not on this planet, okay? This guy is a G, okay? I think Fedor Emelianenko would be very proud of this man's fighting style. Super explosive for a big guy. Super bouncy. Dude looks like he's literally jumping rope out there. You just see him bouncing, bouncing, slipping, slipping, bouncing, bouncing. He's a southpaw, so it's a little bit more like this. And then when he lands that left hand, oh my gosh, he puts people into an oblivion. It is fun to watch. Dude is strong. Dude has some heavy hands. Again, he's a 12-0 Russian fighter. How are you going to bet against this guy? Come on. What are we talking about? 
If he lands that left hand or those knees on you, it's over. Go watch his last fight against Devin Clark. You'll see what I'm talking about. Dude's a legit problem. I see why he's on our card. Maybe to troll you, Olin, but I think also because we're trying to win us some money here, and I think Homeboy has a good chance of beating up our boy Dustin Jacoby. He's been knocked out before. Alex knocked him out. He has a willingness to get hit. Talented fighter is all hell, but when you got someone as technically sound as Azamat, he's to put his ass to the mat. You know what I mean? Oh man! <laughs> I mean, those are those are those are solid points. Those are solid points, Nano. Not gonna lie. Um, I mean, how could we not put Azamat on the card? Um, the the handle that I chose is MMA anomaly. You know, love the word anomaly. And this man is every every bit of an anomaly. Uh, like I said in the chat, nobody knows how old this guy is. Uh, if if you look on ESPN, he's he's 34 or 33, uh, born April 12th, 1989. If you look on Sherdog, you look on Tapology, he's got two different birthdays, but he's 36. Um, so depending on where you look, he's a different age. And it's not just a one-year difference. It's like a three-year difference. So you know what they say, in Soviet Russia, the car drive you. In Soviet Russia, we don't have one birthday, right? We change birthday every year. Uh, so... Seriously, though, the guy's a stud. He is undefeated. He has nine KOs slash TKOs, one submission, two decisions. He can win a fight anywhere it goes. Um, and, and I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, JJ Smoke. His record is padded. I love that you typed it in a Russian accent. His record is padded. Um, but I got to disagree with you to an extent. I mean... The guy has a win over Andre Munoz, who's a beast. He's got a win over um, Mohamed Fakhreddin, who everybody's heard of. That's a household name. I'm kidding about that one. Uh, I don't know who that is. But he does have a win over Devin Clark, who is a beast. And and that is saying something. Um, I do think he can get it done over, over Dustin the Hanyak Jacoby. But I also think that Justin Jacoby won that fight over Khalil Roundtree. And if we're being completely honest, that puts him on what a nine, 10 fight winning streak in the UFC. So guy's an absolute monster. Um, that was his first MMA loss since 2015. Even if you do think he lost that fight. Meanwhile, his opponent has never suffered the pain of defeat in MMA on paper. Osmond is the obvious person to bet on here, which is why we have him on the, on the kind of okay parlay. However, I, I do think Dustin, is a terrifying individual to go against. He's got four times the number of MMA fights under his bag. And then he also has a full-on career as a kickboxer in glory kickboxing. Um, that veteranship could definitely show in the fight. And if that proves to be true, then it could be really bad. Um, now, let's see what uh, Tico Tech says here. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well said. Honestly, great point. Uh, there's honestly no no better way to say it. That's going to be an exclusive. If you were in the live YouTube, you'd get to see the facts that this young man is just, just spitting truth. here. Nothing you but truth. yell at us. I mean, you can, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Use your inside voice, but we Jeez Louise. <laughs> Calm down. Um, so moving into the next fight, um, we got Edson Barboza versus... Actually, no. Did, did we really talk about Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez? I don't think I actually even gave my take on that, did I? You did, and I kind of dove in there. I, I, I took the reins on the KOP. 
but happy to hear your thoughts, brother. I mean, do you, you think El Guapo's got it? You think Pedro? I, I, I think, again, if Pedro can stay inside, if, because I feel like Guapo's more of a uh, counter puncher. Maybe if Pedro sure. can stay inside, if he can use the great submissions he has, if he can make it dirty, there's a path for, for a victory for, for Pedro, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, um, there, there's always a path to victory for Pedro, the young punisher, Munoz, right? Uh, however, when when you're going to get somebody like Chris El Guapo Gutierrez, it's a tough it's a tough ask. And I hope you packed a lunch. Uh, Pedro, the young Punisher Munoz, has one win in his last six bouts, while his opponent Chris El Guapo Gutierrez is undefeated in his last eight bouts. This should be a competitive bout, but I really think anywhere the fight goes, Chris Gutierrez should be in control. Um, the realistic fact of the matter is El Guapo can finish the fight. No matter where this fight goes, he can finish fights with his knees, with his elbows, with leg kicks. You name it, this guy brings the power with every single shot. And on the end of every single shot is bad intentions. I think that this is going to be a very, very good performance for him. It might not be the prettiest performance for Oguapo, but I do think it might be a little bit of a coming out party for him in which we really get to see how much of a top contender he is. And after this... You can't deny the man a top five opponent. You really can't deny the man a top five opponent. So I, I'm all in on, on your boy. I think he gets it done. Um, oh, man. I, how was I going to skip this fight? I'm so stoked on Bozer's light heavyweight debut. Uh, dude. Dude. Yeah, we, I, didn't even, yeah. I didn't even type up any notes about this one. And I don't we need to. Yeah, we, we can riff on this one because this yeah. one is a freaking banger of a it's fight. A um, Tanner Bozer is one of those guys that I thought as soon as I saw him, wow, he's a really small heavyweight, but he's really fast and he's really good. If this guy's ever able to cut down to 205, he'll probably be a monster. He's finally done it, ladies and gentlemen. He's cutting down to 205. Um, his last win in the UFC in the last three years is over OSP, who is a young man who shouldn't have come up to heavyweight from 205. So, I mean, if he fights... People at, at light heavyweight, the way that he fought OSP, I, I think he ends up smashing a lot of guys. He's a big problem for those guys too because he brings a lot of power with him, a deceptive amount of speed with him too. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy here that's got 11 KOs, two submissions, and seven decisions. So at heavyweight, he had cardio for days. Seven decision wins at heavyweight is pretty damn impressive in my opinion because heavyweight's a volatile, volatile place to be. People can finish a fight with one punch, one kick, one anything. You're talking about 265-pound men, and if this guy can make 205, he should have always been making 205. He should have been That's fighting 265-pound men. Um, I, I just I think it's going to be, not to compare him to DC in any way, shape, or form, because I don't think he's as impressive as DC, right, by any means. But I think it'll be reminiscent of DC dropping down from heavyweight to light heavyweight, the changes that we'll see. We'll see a vast difference in speed. I think we'll see a vast difference in his ability to take a punch and his ability to deal damage on, on a counter punch when receiving that damage. Um, I really think this is a great fight for him and Ion Kudalaba because both men have nine losses. Um, the difference is when, when you're talking about Tanner Bozer, this guy is somebody who's only been KO'd, TKO'd one time, and he was fighting against guys that were 265 pounds. And he's going in against someone that's been... Yeah, like 50, 40 pounds heavier than him. And he's coming down against someone that's been fighting people that are 60 pounds less than the people that Tanner's used to fighting. 
and he's been knocked out three times. And like realistically, those are against much, much smaller guys. He was knocked out by Magomed Ankalaev technically twice, right? The first one he was faking, like trying to play uh, play possum. Um, and, and he was also knocked out by Kennedy and Chekwu, who is strong, but he's, he's not that guy, right? He also got subbed by Ryan Spann and, and Johnny Walker. And again, Tanner Bozer is a guy that can get you with a submission. He is a guy that has submission wins. So again, sorry, I, I could rant on about this guy for days. Big fan of Tanner Bozer. I love it. What do you think? You mentioned some good things, and I, and Tico Tech mentions a good point as well, right? Kudalov is on a three-fight skid. He's a menace. Like, he's a, he's a problem to deal with, but he is very beatable. Like, he's not technically sound. He's, he, he makes mistakes. Like you said, can he stay focused? Can he execute on a game plan? I don't know. And, again, he's going up against a big boy. He's going up against a heavyweight now, going down into light heavyweight, using some MMA math. Like you said, the one when he has over a, a true light heavyweight in OSP, Maybe a little older, maybe you know shouldn't have been in that weight class. But regardless, true light heavyweight, put him put him away. If he's going to be bringing some of that power, even just some of that power, not even all of it, if he brings some of that power down to light heavyweight, he is going to be a problem. He is well rounded enough to not get caught slipping, not you know be lost in anywhere in the fight. I do see a path for him to win. I, I think Tanner will win. Yeah, I, I, I think he might be able to knock him out, and that'd be bad news for Kudalaba, who again. I like. I love to watch him. Like his uh, pre-fight entertainment. Like he's extremely entertaining. Oh man, great guy to watch. But yeah, I've just, put him on my DraftKings to my to my detriment numerous times. Uh, <laughs> him, he's always got a swinger's chance. But yeah, I think just when it boils down, you know, hey, it's all about the meats and potatoes. And give me some Bowser, man, the meats and potatoes guy. Uh, speaking of speaking of DraftKings picks and making bad decisions, uh, Tico Tech and Drew, look out for the DraftKings invite tonight. I'll set that up after this. And uh, JJ Smoke, if you want in the private DraftKings dollar buy-in, winner take all. Yeah. We're not sponsored by DraftKings, but maybe someday. Um, the number one official sports book of MMA Nolly. Uh, so, again, we both think Tanner, the bulldog bozer, gets it done um remind me to send you guys a picture of one of my homies i used to work with in restaurants that i think looks just like tanner bozer um, I'll, send, I'll send a picture of him in the group chat it's hilarious i've literally sent him a picture of tanner bozer and he's like well, that's weird <laughs> um so anyways especially now that he's at light heavyweight he'll look even more like him moving into the final fight um and, and then we can kind of talk about the main event a little bit more in detail if we want to with these guys in the chat but the only fight we haven't really talked about uh, that's, a, in my opinion, a huge fight is Billy Q. Billy the Kid, Quarantilo, going in against Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza is honestly one of my favorite throwback fighters. He's an absolute beast. Um, man, he's been on a skid. Yeah, he lost uh, to Bryce Mitchell. That unanimous decision loss. He lost to Giga Chikadze. He got TKO'd via punches. He lost a split decision to Dan Ige. Split decision to Paul Felder. He got KO'd by Justin Gaethje. And in between those, he got a win over McQuan Americani, which is... McQuan is literally like one of the guys that I really enjoy watching fight, but who hasn't beat him recently? Um, and, and Shane Burgos, who, again, love watching Hurricane Shane Burgos, Right? And MMA math would tell you that, you know what? Like, well, let's see here. 
Shane Shane Burgos lost to Edson Barboza, and then directly after that, he beat Billy Cornetillo. So Billy Cornetillo should lose to Edson Barboza. But I just my heart's going a different way here. I think Billy Q gets it done. Um, very impressive comeback win over Alexander Hernandez. The TKO, the knees and punches, setting each other up. I mean, it, it was a beautiful performance for him. And before that, he was getting beat up a little bit by Alexander, right? That being said, if Alexander can beat you up, what's Edson going to do to you? Um, the last person before Shane Burgos, though, to, to get the win over him was Gavin Tucker. And Gavin Tucker is somebody who, I mean, he's not an incredible fighter, right? Like, he has some wins in the UFC. He beat Sung Woo Choi. He beat Justin Janes. And he beat Billy Cornetillo. He got beat by Ricky Glenn and Danny Ige. So he's not a household name. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, it's really hard to bet against Edson Barboza. But for me, it's even harder to bet against Billy Cornetillo. He's he's a guy that, almost in the way that TJ Dillashaw, back in the day when you'd hit him, he'd get better. Like, it's like, oh man, I'm bleeding. Now I'm fucking pissed. I'm going to get you. Like, he's that guy. Where in between rounds, he's like, he wipes his face. And if there's blood on his glove, he's like, this motherfucker's going down next round. I'm going to get him. So, if he can survive the early, like, two and a half to four minute onslaught of Edson Barboza, I think it's Billy Q's fight all day. He's, he's a cardio workhorse. And, uh, yeah, I got Billy Q. Brother, I completely agree with that. Billy Q, let's go. This is a this is a striker's delight. I think we both have it that is. in our notes, man. Potential yeah. fight of the night written all over it. And this is a huge test for our boy Billy Q, right? If he gets a win over a name like Edson, that will catapult him into that next level of his career. You know, both of these guys are tough as nails, man. And they both do display a variety of strikes. The difference here, I think, is the pace that Billy Q can put on Edson. Now Edson's made his name on his late kicks. Like for Justin Gaethje, I think Edson was synonymous for just best leg strikes in the UFC for a long time. Obviously, Father Time's undefeated, but I do think that's the difference in this fight. You know, can he take away the movement of Billy Q? Can he inflict enough damage on those legs? Can he put him away? Personally, I don't think so. I, I, I love me some Billy Q. The way he's willing to keep up a pace, peppers you with that jab, elbows, knees body shots, finding angles to string together punches and combinations, and ultimately beats his opponents to a pulp. I love the kid. He And one stat that stood out to me that I thought was crazy is that he averages uh, double the amount of significant strikes as Edson. Billy Q averages like 7.9 or 8 significant strikes landed per minute. That's actually more than Max Holloway. I mean, if you have anything regarding striking and you have more than Max Holloway, dog, you get a gold medal and some. That is crazy to think about. That just goes to show dude puts a pace on you. And I, and I think that will be the difference here. I think Billy Q will demand the center of the octagon, dictate the pace. And then I think he'll beat up Edson in a gritty, fun matchup for us fans. But I think he'll take him out. Like you said, though, the the one thing with Edson is if, if he keeps it at distance, he has a five-inch uh, reach with the fists. I'm sure probably three to five for the legs as well. If he can stay at distance, keep him at bay, I mean, those leg kicks are no joke. Dude can dude can really put it on you. So not completely ruling Edson out, but give me some Billy Q, man. That'd be huge. 
Yeah, same. I, th- I think it's better for the decision uh, or for the for the division, so to speak. Like, I think if Billy Q can pull off this win, man, I agree. Billy got that dog. He got that dog in him, man. Dude, he's a dog. That. That Alexander the Great fight was just disgusting in the best way as a fight fan. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to be making the drive over to Nano. Well, well, there it is. Over to Nano's place this weekend. Uh, we'll be watching the fights. Let's go, baby. And uh, yeah, we'll be getting some live reactions, hopefully uh, on tape, to post up in the uh, in the middle of the next video. So that'll be fun. Deal. Um, and for those of you that joined late, we can we can jump in and do a quick recap here. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. Drew, Tico, who y'all got, man? Talk to us. Like, we're split. So we, we got to. We we're split. We're split one on of this. Us is doing a shot on I was going to say, one of us is going to do a shot on Saturday night. Let's go. Speaking of which. Know, we do a shot. We bet, I guess. And this is a tradition we've been doing for years now, but maybe we haven't officially told some of y'all. But yeah. every fight that goes on, we both. We'll pick a winner, or all of us. Sometimes it's a family affair. We got Drew, we got Mary, we got the kiddos running around. We're gonna be like, hey, you know what? Who do we got? Our, I'm gonna put my shot on this guy. If he wins, y'all gotta do shots. If I lose, yep, I put my shot up. I gotta go take a shot. So let's go, go Drew. Ooh, Drewski. Sorry, you're getting you're getting drunk. All day, baby. Where's Jalen at? Where's my boy? Where's my? Backup? Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Where's yeah? You need you need Asa Akiro in here, bro. You need the backup. I need Asa. So. We're gonna we're gonna put them in cement right now. We're gonna put them in stone. We're gonna call our shots for Saturday night. That way, you guys can call us out on them here. So let's let's do a quick run through of the whole card. So Clay Guida, because we're doing the whole main card here. Clay Guida versus Hoffa Garcia. Who's the shot on Nano? Oh, I love Clay, man. That is another legend that it's hard for me to bet against. But give me some Hoffa. I'm getting Hoffa in there. <sighs> man, if I have to do a shot. For Clay, I'll do a shot for Clay, but I got Clay all day. Um, Fair. Just, just to make it interesting, you know. Uh, Pedro versus Chris. I think we both got Chris. El Guapo. El Guapo. All right. So if he loses, we're both getting a little drunker. Uh, Tanner Bozer, the bulldozer, going in against Ion, the incredible Hulk cute Laba. I think we're going to lean the same direction here. We might end up, well, we're going to disagree at some point here, but... It's close. I'm leaning Bozer. Give me my boy Tanner. Man. I'm taking the bulldozer, man. I think he's going to knock uh, knock the Hulk over. Uh, let's let's see. Let's check out the comments here. Take a quick break. Realistically, Max, but Allen puts up a great fight and comes out with his stock higher, even though he loses. Pulling for Allen, though. I I, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, not saying Max is falling off, but you can only be elite for so long. He said even losing three times to Volk, he thinks he's a better fighter. Come on, man. Um, I I agree. I agree with Drew here. I think he's not falling off by any means, but you can only be at the top of the ladder for so long. And that's why we're probably going to see Yair end up uh, beating Alexander Volkanovsky when we're in Vegas for international fight week. Uh, (laughs) Just, just my, my hot take of the day. Uh, So yeah, I'm all in on, on Arnold Allen there. Speaking of all in Dustin Jacoby versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. I think I got to ride with the KOP and go against the undefeated Russian guy who's at the, really at the risk at the risk of taking a shot. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the KOP as well. Kind of okay parlay bet here. Azamat Mirzakhanov gonna get it done. Edson Barboza versus Billy Q. I think we both got a shot on Billy Q. Oh yeah, riding hard. Yeah. Um, and again, if if Edson Barboza ends up getting a win, I'm I'm happy to do a shot for that guy. 
Um, Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. It's, it's a house divided. Weird, yes. House it's a spicy. Us. It's a spicy situation. <laughs> um, your shots obviously on Max. Mine's on Arnold. Hey man, may the better fighter win. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, very excited to see how it goes. Uh, man, a lot of good fights. A lot of good fights. Honestly, this is a surprisingly good free fight card. Oh yeah. Like, and we just talked about fights on the dude. We just talked about fights on the on the main card. Like, there's Brandon Raw Dog Royval going in against Mateos Nicolau in a very serious fight for the flyweight division. I like Mateus Nicolai, man. Dude. I was really close to throwing him in the the KOP. But Raw Dog's a he's a an unknown variable. He's tough. That's the thing, man. I mean, when he's on, he's on. I, yeah. I love the best version of him. And man, if we're going to continue to see that, we got a dog. He reminds a me raw almost dog. of, the, almost of uh, the Matador in Ilya Tapura a little bit. Yeah. I like kind of see shades of that. Just a strong, strong guy that has good hands. I mean, you know, has slipped up or has had some low lights. But yeah, man, for the most part, like Duke can put it on when he's clicking. Not a lot of guys can beat him. Yeah, no, 100%, dude. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. And like Zach Cummins going against Ed Herman, I'll be completely honest with you. I thought both those dudes retired. Um, yeah, but I'm stoked. I'm fucking stoked to see them fight. Like Zach Cummins is always a fun fighter. Uh, Ed Herman, always a fun fighter. Also, I got to say, I've never seen Ed Herman and the lead singer from The Offspring in the same room at the same time. Um, could be the same guy. <laughs> maybe not. Um, or, or maybe I'm thinking of the lead singer of uh, what's God, what, what is the name of that band? No one knows. Oh, fuck. oh no, it's gonna know. bother me. We're gonna talk about that after this show. Okay, we'll, we'll get back to you. I'll do, I'll do a post on the the community. Jillian Robertson. What's that? Oh. oh, yeah. Well, that too. Jillian Robertson versus Piera. Dude, undefeated. I was saying Lando. I haven't seen Lando in a while. Queens of the Stone Age. That was the other band. Queens of the Stone Age. Such a fun throwback band. Uh, yeah, dude. Bruno Silva going against Denise Gomez. Jocelyn Edwards, another really fun fighter. She's an extremely long bantamweight. She's so lanky. So fun to watch fight. And Lando Venata, dude. Like, I don't I don't really know the guy he's fighting, but the guy's 12 and 1. Um, he's young, 23 years old. Must be somebody. He must be somebody. And he has a f- He's a six-inch reach advantage on Lando. Yeah. Jeez, Golden God help us. Big. We're going to say a prayer for Lando Venata before his fight on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to end up being a very tough fight. I, I agree with Tico Tech here. Bruna Brazil sounds like a WWE name. It does. It does. It does. Bruna so Brazil going Allen. against Denise Gomez, man. Bruna Brazil. Future household name. Eight and two. I bet you can't guess where she's from. Brazil. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> she's from Brazil. Brazil. Have you guys talked about Gaston Bayanos? Balanos? Balanos. Gaston Balanos. Balanos. The dream killer. Yes. We have not talked about him. Should we be talking about him? Should we should we be talking should about, this, talk guy? about this guy? Should we talk about this guy? Is this a converse is this a topic of conversation? Point of interest? I mean, the dream killer. We're going to see him on Saturday. 
I mean, he is fighting on Saturday. He's fighting against Aaron Phillips. Uh, I mean, he is he's a beast, but I mean, also I don't okay. You got to tell us why you want us to talk about him. I see I see you, you literally said he's a beast. Um I think he was a kickboxer. I agree, he was a kickboxer. Um his picture on Tapology shows him in the 16 ounce gloves or 12 ounce gloves. That being said though, I I don't think he's maybe as good as you're thinking he is. This is his debut, he, so hey, this maybe it's somebody. Maybe he knows something we don't, right? I mean, maybe, but like if he's went against Bellator level competition for every single one of his MMA fights, uh, and he's six and three. His three most recent losses are to Brandon Larocco. He got uh, triangle choked. He lost to Daniel Carey, guillotine choked, and he lost to uh, Chris Hatley Jr. Split decision. So I mean. The guy, his most recent guy that beat him is ten and seven, so I'm not sure that he's like a phenom or anything. But if you think he's like super sick, then dope. Did yeah. you see like highlights on him? Oh, he was thirteen and one in Muay Thai with nine KOs. Oh shit! We need Maybe more volume from the doing. turkey. Yeah, because I mean, he lost in 2020, fought again in April 2022, came back and avenged his loss against Daniel Carey, TKO by punches. Yeah, I mean. We got to do more homework. And honestly, I want to start watching more kickboxing, more Muay Thai. I want to broaden my horizons here. But thank you for putting them on the radar, brother. We'd love to dig in more here, and I'll be tuned in. We'll, we'll both be tuned in, so we might have a reaction on his uh, impressive knockout if that ends up happening. I, I'm always excited to see a Muay Thai style knockout. Um, I did go ahead and boost up the turkey's volume. Let me know if that's better on him. Can we get a test turkey? A little gobble gobble in this bit. Gobble gobble. Hello hello. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I hope he does well. I mean, he's fighting Aaron Phillips. That's fun. I mean, Aaron Phillips is 12 and four. He's no Bruno Brazil, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but he is one of Jack Shore's more recent victims. Uh, his most recent loss in MMA was a loss to Jack Shore via rear naked choke. Before that, he had a pretty darn impressive run going uh, throughout WFC and GOAT promotions, Cajuns versus Cowboys. Wish I could have been a part of that. That sounds like a lot of a lot of fun. <laughs> Cajuns versus Cowboys. That sounds like I a fantastic that. promotion. Some GOAT promotions. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he had uh, what, like a five-fight win streak going up before he fought Jack Shore. Did he lose because Jack Shore is 100% that guy? Or did he lose because he wasn't ready for the UFC level competition? Not 100% sure. But I will say he hasn't fought in three years. His last fight was against Jack Shore in, I believe, Jack Shore's UFC debut, July 15th, 2020. It's a long time ago. You see his other loss back in 2015? Against a. 2015. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it says TKO retirement. So El Guapo basically made him say he was going to retire, and then he came back three years later. <laughs> Kicked him into retirement. He beat him up so bad. Sheesh. Oh, boy. Sheesh. That's tough. Jack Shore is definitely that guy. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. Jack Shore is that guy. He's a guy. So, he's a guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a guy. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if Aaron Phillips gets it done or if Gaston, the dream killer, Balanos gets it done. Personally, I, I think it seems like if. The dream killer doesn't get taken down. He does really well. 
a like all of his wins are TKO, KO, TKO, KO, TKO, TKO. And all of his losses are decisions or submissions. So the guy either knocks you out or you take him down and, and wrestle him or submit him. Um, Yeah. Thanks for putting him on our radar. We're, we, I mean, we always watch all the prelims anyways here, but true. We'll be paying attention to that fight, fight more now. So we'll be on. Yep. Solid. They don't even have, I'm looking on uh, Google and Gaston doesn't even have a picture on here. Picture. Yeah. No respect. No respect for our boy. <sighs> Maybe they'll show him some respect after this, after this yeah, win. Yeah, he's got a, he's motivated. He's trying to get some, some recognition, man. And he's okay. literally the only one on the prelims on Google that doesn't have a picture, <laughs> yeah. on this one, which is like I guess, wild. I, yeah, the debut, I guess they couldn't find anything, huh? Poor guy. They're all Bellator. No picture for you, young man. <laughs> Off topic, but never ask your local Takira, Takiera. I always fuck that word up. I'm extremely white. <laughs> so we'll, we'll allow it. Takiera for spicier salsa. Takaria, there you go. Takaria for spicier salsa. She grabbed one from the back. My mouth numb. Um, habanero. Fess it up, Drew. Dude, you're the second person to talk to me about spicy stuff in the last week. Uh, Asa Akiro actually sent me a video this week of him. He literally was like, So I always always stop by this, I always pass by this deli and, uh, you know, always smells super good. So I had to stop in. And I finally stopped in and I'm like, yeah, let me get the Cuban. And he's like, oh, cool. You want the Cuban sandwich? Cool. Uh, do you like spicy? And so I saw Kira, I was like, uh, I can do spicy. And he's like, how spicy you like? You like like really spicy? You do like Carolina Reaper spicy? And he's like, I mean, like a little bit. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So he sends me a video and he's like, bro, I just took one bite and I am sweating. As soon as I took a bite, I had to send you a video because the only person I know that would actually be able to handle this and enjoy it. Is my guy, <laughs> there you go. Oh, bro. Let's go. Not gonna lie, sounds delicious. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that. Maybe I'll go get some um, little popcorn chickens. I have like some of the hot one sauces, so we'll get a little, get some Pepto as well. You know, <sighs> let's do it, baby. A little hot ones action. I love it. Oh, Gaston trains in Dublin at CSA. Good times. Um, yeah, I mean. Gaston could be a really, really fun guy to watch. Good guy to pay attention to. Again, I don't really know enough about him to make a, a super educated um, kind of assumption or educated guess. But again, it looks like he does really, really well when people don't take him down. That being said, his opponent has two submissions and four decisions. He's only been knocked out one time. Might be a bad matchup for him. Um uh, also, I think that there's a reach discrepancy too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, pull it up. Bit of a reach, bit of a reach discrepancy here. Let's see. It was. Oh yeah, that's how you know they don't know shit about him. They don't even have his height and reach on Google. It's incredible. Back to sure dog. What a time! What a time to be alive. Uh, so yeah, we got height is five, seven for Gaston Bellanos and five, nine for Aaron Phillips. Hmm. Don't have their ESPN reach on has him as a one forty five er. Oh, guys, 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 we're going for Aaron, Aaron Phillips in this. Uh, sorry. Tico tech LLC. Get fucked. <laughs> we're going for Aaron Phillips. He's from Lafayette, Louisiana, baby. All day. Uh, All day. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> Let's go. We out here, baby. We're going Boy, Aaron Phillips fighter. on that. 
Um, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if there's any cool odds on DraftKings sportsbooks for that, and uh, gonna place a big wager on it for funsies. There you go, a couple uh, units. Um, but you know why not? Why not? We might do that. It's hard to know all 500 plus fighters on the roster. I'm with you. I just see him as a good striking prospect, and we will see how good his grappling has improved. Well, I'm gonna say that I don't think he's ready for that Louisiana slugger that I now know everything about because he's you know he's from Louisiana, like your boy. So. Aaron Phillips, I think he's a he's a great up and comer in the UFC. He just got dealt a bad hand against Jack Shore back in 2020, and I think this three year layoff probably is going to do him a load of good. He's probably going to come out here and put it on Gaston, the Dream Killer Balanos. Um, I, I think Balanos is probably going to have to change his last name to Balonies after this. Uh, after Aaron Phillips puts it on him, um, that's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> right, you are. Right, you are. Unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. <sighs> what can I say? Us Louisiana boys, you know? Ride together, baby. You heard You heard me? You heard me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so, again, the kind of okay parlay is as follows. We got Azamat Mirzakhanov plus 145, Arnold Allen plus 155, Chris Gutierrez minus 215, all three money line, 15 bucks to get you 137.29. Um, would I recommend that you follow our parlay advice? Nah, we're, we're batting the opposite of 100 these days. Uh, but you know what? This could be the one. This could be the one that really, really turns things around. Um, and as usual, I'll throw in a couple of side bets and, uh, you know, I'll post those after they hit, if they hit. And if they don't, then, uh, you'll always wonder how Never fucking happened. stupid they were. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. You can't prove it. How dumb we are. <laughs> they Facts. Have they have, they, they do have the receipts. They laugh at us all the time. Yep. Um, but it's okay. Cause we have a good time too. And we laugh at ourselves. Right so you if you can't laugh at yourselves, who can you laugh at other than us here at the no filter show? Thanks again for coming. Um, again, dude, Tico Tech, this could be the one. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. So and, and, a <laughs> dude, dude, I'm telling you right now, this this really, truly, truly it could be the one. We got some guys on there. There's some guys. There's, There's some guys. Some guys. Uh, three three people on those uh, on that bet. Those are uh, those are guys. They are guys. They're a guy. And they're dudes. So, uh, as Naruto says, you can believe it or believe it. Uh, and that's going to hit, guys. Anything anything from you that you want to tell to the people, Nano? Man, thank you for sticking with us. Again, we're prefacing. It's kind of okay. It's not guaranteed. Put your life savings on it up parlay. Okay, this is, uh, we're going to figure it out. It's kind of okay. Thank we're you all for tuning in. Another great week. Excited to finally get some live results, some live viewing of these UFC fights. It's going to be a blast, man. Hope everyone has a great week. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. Everybody has a fantastic weekend. Uh, We will be doing the next show, not on Sunday, because I'll be driving back from uh, this guy's place. And uh, yeah, we'll figure out when we're going to do the next show. We'll post it up on the Twitter ahead of time. That way you guys can all join in in the chat. And we definitely hope to see you here next time. Believe it. Um, dude, we're getting we're getting stuff in all kinds of languages. Tico Tech's coming at us in like three different languages. 
How's this guy, dude. Inshallah, alhamdulillah to you, my friend. I love you and, too. And uh, we will see you next time here on the MMA Anomaly No Filter Show. Till then, later, guys. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications. Later.